Welcome to the first episode of How Not to DM, recorded in person in the How Not to studio. I'm your host, Derek. Thanks for joining me on my quest to interview the very best dungeon and game masters on this plane of existence. To support the show, check out my link tree or show notes for affiliate links. You can also toss me a few dollars via Ko-Fi or PayPal if you prefer one-time donations. Let's jump into this episode's guest intro. I was introduced to Cade and the Bad Venture Club by my friend Jordan, who did the cover art and logo art for my first Kickstarter last year. Cade cut his teeth on a few different TTRPG systems, and what started as a joke has turned into the actual play podcast, The Bad Venture Club. Cade, Jordan, and his friends were kind enough to invite me to be a guest DM for some bonus content for The Bad Venture Club. And both of those episodes, Kate has just told me, are out now, so you can go listen to them. They had me come run to Hot One Shot, which was the Kickstarter Jordan helped me on. So it was the first time that I ever recorded myself running a game before, so shout out to all of you who have ever done that before <laughs> me. You're very brave. Hopefully Cade was kind in the edit, but you can go check out those episodes right now. So I'm going to give you a second. Go over to the Bad Venture Club's feed while you're listening here and add those episodes to your queue so you can listen to them next. My name's Cade Larson. I'm very new in the TTRPG space and in the content creation space. So like he said in the intro, the Bad Venture Club started as a joke. Well, I guess to give a background on myself, I yeah. have my very first experience with D&D. I was maybe seven and we were at a family reunion. And my second cousin said, do you want to play Dungeons and Dragons? And I said, sure. And we made characters and then I had to go home. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, you've been playing a lot longer than a lot of us then. Exactly. My first time playing it was when I was seven. Do you remember the I, character at all? I remember it was an elf ranger, and that is everything I remember. We spent like an hour of him like explaining the rules to me <laughs> and like our other second cousins. And we were just a bunch of little kids, obviously. And he was like, here's how you play. Here's what we're going to do. And like all this stuff. And we like get our characters all built. And then he's like, all right, sorry, guys, I got to go. <laughs> we're like, sick, man. Okay. Catch you never because you, you're uh, a second cousin and I'll never see you again. I was going to say, have you ever seen him again? No, I don't even remember his name. Do you remember so, which side of the family or anything? Yes, yeah, so it was my, my dad's side yeah. and we were at my house. So like, I remember a lot around the incident, but I have no idea who it was. Maybe Somewhere you're out there out listening there. and you're my second cousin and it's let's, possible. Let's play sometime. <laughs> that would be cool, actually. So then I did not play again for many years. And I've always been had like an active imagination, you could say. I was the kid that in elementary school, me and my friends would play Greek gods on the playground. And we were casting spells and all of that stuff that kids imagine. And have always loved fantasy books and movies and all of that. So I was always on the edge of D&D. Probably in like 2016 or so, I have been an avid listener of my brother, my brother and me for a lot of years, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're familiar with them, the McElroy brothers. And so they started their D and D podcast, the adventure zone. And that was where I got into like actual D and D was like, this is actually pretty cool. And so then over COVID, one of my friends invited me to play virtually with him and his wife and one of our other friends. And he DM'd, And we did a one shot that we got about halfway through and then we never played it again, (laughs) which I think is like classic 
from what I've learned in my short time is like, that's just kind of a trope. It's, it's like, a shared experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone has those <laughs> games that have just been sent to like podcast or not podcast, like TTRPG purgatory, where it's like someday we'll pick this back up and you never do. So 2020 was my first time ever actually playing. And then I ran a one shot of monster of the week mm. for some friends, which monster of the week is a very fun game. Have you played it? Uh, no, I have the book right over here that's going to go up on the shelf eventually. Uh, <laughs> but no, I have not played it. I really enjoyed Monster of the Week. The rules are much more wide and uh-huh. just kind of open for uh-huh. whatever you want to do. And then we tried our hand at a fan-made Pokemon TTRPG that we found on the internet. It was pretty cool. We played two or three sessions with that. And then it also was sent to TTRPG Purgatory, where it remains. and then. I have a a podcast that I do with some friends that is not TTRPG related called No Bummers. And there was a day where we were talking about Dungeons and Daddies and someone made a joke of like, yeah, we should start our own Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And that is where the Bad Venture Club was born. Not the Dad Venture Club, though. No, because only one of us is a dad. (laughs) And there's also Sadie. I mean, who's a woman. So I feel like only one of the Dungeons and Daddies is a dad. I think that's true. Canonically. And Beth is also a woman. (laughs) So you would have fit it. Yeah. Oh, well, next time. Let's jump into your experience running games, which just so happens to be very closely tied to the Bad Venture Club. But, you know, we'll talk about like the genesis of the show kind of separately. So. Your first session running the game, was it recorded and part of the Bad Venture Club or was it separate? Do you remember kind of how it went? Yeah. So for the Bad Venture Club, we ran a test game that was basically like we recorded it and it was like, is this something we actually want to do? Does the group play well together? Mm. And do I like being the DM? Do they like me being their DM? I think the hard thing about it was we pulled together a group of people that didn't really know each other. Mm. So John and Sadie knew each other. Jordan and Skylar knew each other. And then I knew all four of them separately. And so we kind of brought this group together of like people who I think have good personalities. I think we did one test round of four hours that we recorded just to make sure like everyone's comfortable with what's going to be happening so that we didn't get 10 episodes in and have someone hate what (laughs) what we were doing. That is a good idea. And honestly, if you were out there thinking about starting a podcast, that is such a good piece of advice is to test it out, make sure that everyone likes it before you decide to commit a ton of time and effort into a logo and a name and like putting a bunch of work into your homebrew world or whatever. Uh, Make sure that it's going to work out first, (laughs) because there's a lot of shows out there that don't go the distance for a variety of reasons. But those are like kind of a big part of it, I think. All right, so um, in your Monster of the Week session, did the McElroys ever play that? Like, how did you hear about yeah. it? And then how did that game go? Yeah. The second arc of the Adventure Zone, they play Monster of the Week, and it's set in mm. a modern-day West Virginia. And that story, I, like, absolutely loved because they were basically hunting cryptids. So it was really fun. The Mothman, Bigfoot, like, all of those cryptids that we know were a part of the story. So that was really fun. And I had heard it's a lot less rule heavy than D&D. And so when my buddies were like, hey, we're going to have a boys night. We want to play a TTRPG. What does everyone think? And I was like, yeah, like I would love to try out Monster of the Week. So they were like, cool. Well, you're going to be the game master. Then I was like, oh, right on. So I went on RPG drive through 
and bought a one shot called Too Many Draculas. Have you heard of that? I one? have not. No, but it it's sounds fun. pretty good. It's set in an amusement park where there's a bunch of murders happening <laughs> and there's like four different Draculas and one of them's the real Dracula. So they're having to like figure out which Dracula is actually killing people. And <laughs> right. I won't give too much away, yeah, but yeah. that's like a plug for whoever created that. I have no idea who even wrote it, but it was a lot of fun. The rules I had to know was like, if you land between a one and a six, it's a fail at seven to nine. It's a moderate success and a nine to 12. It's a success. Like, so me as a GM, I had a lot of breadth of like not having to apply too many rules, which was really nice. It does seem like to start out, it'd be better to run lighter systems like that. And also I've noticed that a lot of people who get into role-playing games Usually D&D is the gateway drug, so it's interesting right, that you played other stuff first. But a lot of people will play D&D and then they go one of two ways, or three ways, I guess. Right. They stay with 5e, or they say, I want to go way more fun right. and loose, Going into the dark. or they say, I want way more crunch, and they go play Pathfinder or something, right? So. Yeah, I've heard a lot about Pathfinder, <laughs> and every video I've watched has turned me off of it. So I have yet to try it. I have also got Pathfinder PDFs and stuff, but again, yeah. I haven't convinced anybody to try it. I've heard a lot of people say that they were moving to Pathfinder recently, mm-hmm. and I've watched a couple of videos and I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> that, that's a lot. <laughs> so you've been running games for a little bit, then you've run a few different systems. Tell us about what some of the mistakes you've made behind the screen, and it can be any of these systems, you know, yeah. podcast or not, and what lessons you feel like people could learn or pick up from your experiences. I think the number one thing that I have taken from all of the game systems that I've played through, so Monster of the Week, the fake online Pokemon one, (laughs) D&D, and then we also have a one shot where we played The Quiet Year. Mm, Oh, yeah. Which The Quiet Year is really cool. I could not recommend that one more. And that one is super friendly for new people. It's a one shot thing. So if you have like four hours and you have a friend that you want to introduce to TTRPGs, the quiet year, all you need is a deck of cards and a piece of paper. It's almost board game-esque. Yeah. Right? So what I've learned over those couple of different systems is that at the heart, they're games. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not having fun and my players aren't having fun, then the point is lost. And I think there's some people out there that like the crunchy people who are like, <laughs> they love the rules and the crunch and the like. I have to flip through 400 pages of rules to like find out how this interaction should go. But to me, that's not really fun. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of stuff. If you listen to the bad venture club that I get wrong as a DM, because it's more of just like, I don't want to bother looking it up. And so I'm just like, yeah, this is what happens. Or like, this is how that spell reacts or this is how whatever. That's like my number one thing that I learned is in our first foray, I kind of like over prepared and I had, this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And I'm still working on getting better at that. But there's so much fun that is lost if you try to stick to this, 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 at least in my mind. And it's going to vary by group, right? But your group is definitely, they're looking for the fun stuff in between. Right. My group wants to kill monsters and have fun interactions with NPCs and solve mysteries. They're not the ones that are like, so worried about their KD and their <laughs> KD. You know? I don't know that does Dungeons and Dragons have KD? I mean, is that like they're a, gonna know what you're talking a about? A trackable stat? <laughs> it could be. I know some people like 
your players were tracking, weren't they? Didn't one of them say, oh, you finally killed someone? Like, yeah. That happened recently. Yes, yeah. that happened probably like episode six or seven yeah. when they met up with Taffy Leaf Ovens <laughs> for the first time. So yeah, I think that was like, is my biggest thing I've learned is my job is to both make sure that there's a fun environment for people to play in. But part of that is I have to be having fun too. Like, I think some of the uh, reasons that our other games burned out over the past couple of years that I've played has been that one of the two parties hasn't been having a lot of fun, the GM or the party, the players. And so there's a lot less excitement to like get into a four hour session. That's a hard commitment. It's a lot of time for you who have a family. We have John who has a family. We've got all five of us have adult jobs that take time we have trips that we want to go on we have you know if you're not having fun it's really easy to lose people so i think that's one of the things that i would recommend to people is like figure out what your group wants in terms of like what's going to be fun and do your best to meet that some people it's just they just want to kill monsters some people like the rules and that's fine but you just have to understand that maybe you don't play DD with the rules people and there's groups out there who just want a power build, right? Like, and more yeah. power to them. Like, yeah. if that's where you get your enjoyment, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> yuck your yum. And like, I just probably won't play with you. In that vein, then talking about having fun, what do you feel like is one of the most fun moments or memories or whatever from your games that you can share with people? And kind of what do you think created it or facilitated that fun? A recent episode that's out of the Bad Venture Club that people can listen to is the Goo episode. The party was having like the hardest time understanding the room that I was describing to them. And they're like, so the goo is like in front of us. I'm like, there's just goo everywhere. There's goo everywhere. It's just goo. And like, I just kept saying, it's just goo. It's just goo. It's just goo. To the point that like that became the episode name. It's just goo. <laughs> like, because they were like, well, is it if I touch it, does it do anything? If I walk through it, if I, you know, and they spent like 20 minutes deciding how they were going to interact with this goo before finally someone was like, all right, I just walk into the room. (laughs) It's like, thank you. I think just stuff like that, that for some reason, the stuff that I expect to be really straightforward and easy is never straightforward and easy. There was an episode that we just recorded where they come across a chest and they spent five minutes deciding, okay, is this actually a mimic? Is this, (laughs) you know, what, how are we going to handle this? What are we going to do? Should we poke it? Should we just walk past it? Should we leave it? And so finally they say, okay, I walk over and I open the chest. I'm like, okay, the chest opens. (laughs) Like That's all. It was just a chest. Sometimes a chest is just a chest. Doors, chests, any kind of puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you describe something in detail, they're going to like put way way too much meaning into it. Right. That's my favorite kind of stuff is when I just (laughs) have to be like, okay, you guys, it's just goo. It's a chest. It's just goo. You just got to move on. I've got like four pages of notes. <laughs> We're not going to get through a page today <laughs> if we don't start moving. The other thing that I think is super fun is I enjoy the voices and like mm. being characters. And it's just me and John on our podcast that do voices and everyone else just uses their normal voice. But it's, it goes back to like having fun and like we make it work. We have fun with it. And like if I ever introduce an NPC that doesn't have a voice, they like roast me for it. <laughs> They're like, you're just using your normal voice. I'm like, I have a hundred people that I have to be. So pardon me if they don't all have like a fun, crazy voice. Have you ever played a video game? <laughs> There's like tons of reused voice actors. Yeah, exactly. Games, right? like, exactly. Skyrim, like every 
there's like 10 people in right room and they all have the same voice yeah so we have get over it john who has like this gorgeous southern drawl mm-hmm. that he does and everyone else is just their normal voices and i'm starting to run out so if you have any voice ideas send them my way yeah it is tough though like anytime you're running a game and you've got to like introduce them to someone new, especially someone you weren't planning on them talking right. to. You're like, okay, when you're creating no. the person in your head as you're trying to come up with a right. voice and like why they're tied to the story at all. Do they or... know any information that I'm <laughs> going to have to give them here? Yeah. Right. It's a lot to work on, but it's a good skill. Is there anything in particular other than like the railroading versus the fun aspect that you're working on right now as part of your game? I and mean, what are you doing to try to improve it? Part of being a, dm is like having like a decompression session Mm. with the group after and i maybe don't necessarily ask like what did you like what didn't you like but having that open conversation of like okay with what happened today how did you guys feel about it what can i do better and maybe even if you're not asking those questions you're having the conversation that you can glean that information from because there are some people who get really frustrated with long role play scenes. And there's some people who get really frustrated with like going shopping or if the rules get too heavy or if you try to make them do a voice or, you know, whatever. (laughs) I think that's one of the things that I'm working on is knowing my players better so that I can make a better game for them because that's what I have found is a lot of fun is when we finish the session and they say, oh, I wish we could play longer or, oh, when can we meet again? I really want to get back into it or, you know, those kind of things I get enjoyment from. So if I can figure out what I need to do better to make that happen every time. And I found that just chatting with them for five minutes as we're packing up stuff, I can learn a lot. Yeah, there's no better compliment to me than like, oh, like when can we play or like, can we keep playing? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like music to my ears. Is there a time where a player has just totally destroyed all of your best laid plans and you had to think quickly on your feet to resolve it? And tell us a little bit about it. So we played on Saturday and recorded a bunch of episodes, which were like quite a few episodes ahead. So I'm going to try and be spoiler free. But I had a situation that the party was in and I kept dropping hints like this guy is real powerful that you're talking to. (laughs) <laughs> to the point of they were talking amongst themselves being like, I think that the way kids phrasing that stuff means he's pretty powerful. So, of course, what do they do? They poke the bear and <laughs> initiate this horrible, horrible fight. <laughs> and I had to like think of like, OK, how am I going to get them out of this? Like without killing them all. I don't want to have a TPK on my hands because we're a podcast. Yeah, so we have, to, do? <laughs> like, we have to kind of stay alive. And so that, I guess, was a lesson for me of like. I maybe need to be a little more explicit <laughs> on things like that because it was meant to be like a fact finding mission and me dropping those hints was meant to be like, do not try to fight this person. They will kill you. Like, stay away. If this was a video game, he would have 10 red skulls above his head. Like, do not try to fight. There'd be a quick save before you went to the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the bullet time of like, we're in combat and I'm like, my mind is racing as I'm trying to keep combat going and like monitor recording and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, how are we going to get out of this? What is like the hail Mary, like end of the fourth quarter kind of thing that I can do to save this. And you'll have to listen to find Ooh, out. <laughs> he got you. Episode 17. He got me too. I haven't heard it yet. I'm excited though. It's those kind of things that 
are exciting to me too because it was another time where we finished the episode and everyone was like so when can we play again like I'm like well we just spent an hour and a half longer than we planned because you guys didn't believe me when i said he was a bad guy that is a perfect example <laughs> i'm excited to see what it's like And now a word from this week's sponsors and promo swaps. First of all, let's talk about Magic Academy. Magic Academy is a group of diverse streamers playing their new actual play, Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. It's a Greek mythos world with tragedy and heroes. Magic Academy adventures into this world with the cast of queer characters ready to take fame or fall in the name of fame. The whole group is having a ton of fun as they play, and you can see and hear it. Check them out Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern or watch their VODs on their YouTube channel anytime. That's Magic Academy and their new actual play, Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. Also, a quick shout out to Episodify, the people who helped me produce this show. If you are looking for someone to help you edit your YouTube content, TikTok content, reels, shorts, podcasts, whatever it might be, Episodify is ready to help you out. They have packages for people who need more or less editing hours during each month. And if you buy more, then you can save more on the editing hours you buy. So if you're a content creator who needs a little extra help or you've started making some money and you're ready to take that editing burden off your lap, then check out episodify.com. And now let's get back to the show with a little bit of quick fire chaos. This week on Quickfire Chaos, Kate and I are going to roll some D100s on some random tables from the internet and create a fun scenario to roleplay together. The first table we're going to roll on is the City Quest, so let's see what kind of weird stuff is happening in the city. 92. An employee in a lumberjack costume offers the party free samples of jerky from a nearby tavern, counting as one daily ration. The next is the voice description. So this could be of some other character if you're not going to play the lumberjack. That is one. one. Speaks slowly and tends to mumble, tends to ramble. Next up is personality traits of this NPC. 52. Unable to execute tasks, no matter the size or difficulty. And last but day. not least is their job. where What they might be wearing, where we might find them, that kind of stuff. 42. A bandit. Okay. A mumbling, incompetent bandit. Some jerky in the city. A dude dressed as a lumberjack. You get to connect the dots here, Cade. And I get to roll along with it. I am going to be a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed human. We're going as basic as possible. Fighter. Not a lot of intelligence. Not a lot of wisdom. And I am just raring for adventure. I'm in town and I'm so excited to find someone who needs something done for him. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So paint the scene for us. Paint the picture. Tell us where we we (laughs) find ourselves. So you have just entered the tavern, your hands full of jerky. Yeah, I'm the guy with the jerky. I love this. Okay, I've got a handful of a jerky. A handful of jerky that you just received okay. on your way in. With this handful of jerky, you're just hankering for some meat. So you walk up to the bar, sit down. The bartender plops a tankard in front of you. 
And as you scan about the room, you see there's not very many people or creatures in the tavern, with the exception of one figure in a dark hood that is sitting right next to you. Oh, okay, okay. So you sit down and this dark figure comes and sits right next to you. <clears throat> oh, he sits next to me. It wasn't that I was just dumping <laughs> no. to sit next to him. No, okay, he, okay. You sit down, he comes and sits next to you. Yeah. And he has his back turned to you, but you hear him say, Oi, bruv. I'm gonna like look around, like <laughs> see if, if I saw where the noise came from. And then like, oh, <clears throat> oh, wow. Well, I didn't see you there. You want some jerky? This guy just gave it to me outside. He's so nice. Everyone's in this in this town is just so nice. I love it. And the uh, hooded figure slaps the jerky out of your hand and he says, "Oh, you're being too obvious." Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you need? Now, hey, listen. If if you're looking for a job, I need some help. I'm trying to pull off the greatest jerky heist in all of this town's history. More, more of this stuff? Yeah. Wow, this is so good. Okay. Now, What's the street value on this stuff? Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure. Okay. I haven't, I haven't really... I. Maybe I... You know, maybe I should have looked that up beforehand, but... It's okay. I'm sure I we mean, can make a killing if it's this good. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, mm. I mean, yeah, right? Okay. So, heist, that means, like, we're stealing it. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. So, listen, listen here. I come from, um, let's see, maybe I could tell you I'm from, like, uh, my family owned the cows that the jerky was made from. Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah. Oh, your family owns a jerky farm? No, the, they stole our cows. Oh, someone stole your cows. And made them into jerky. Can oh, you just believe it? To get it back. Yeah. Oh, it's all making that sense. That makes sense, now. right? Yeah. Okay. I, so you need help. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm going to like grab my sword <laughs> off my back. <laughs> and he, like, and he, super he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what did I tell you about being discreet? Right, right, right. Just carefully sheath it again. <laughs> okay. So your family used to own some cows and they got stolen by these people who then yes. turned it into this jerky. And so we need to get it back so that you, right, right, to make things right. Okay, cool. Exactly. Wh- where, where, when, how? So that, you saw the lumberjack that was mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. And on his shirt, he had a patch that said, Mama Pepper's Beef Jerky and Dairy Farm. So that's, that's a front. That's not a real story. No, they stole all our cows. Okay. Butchered them. Right? Isn't that what they do to cows? Isn't that what you do? To, uh, to- yeah. No, yeah. Me and my family do that. But right. they also did it. Okay. And then, they, but they stole our cows. Uh-huh. And so we need to, uh, I, you need to help me get the cows back. No, okay. not the cows. Not the cows. Just the jerky. The jerky. Mama, Mama Peppers. Mama Peppers. Now, should I meet you there at, at dusk? Like, how do we do this? Well, I was, you know, I get really sleepy at night. So I was thinking <laughs> maybe, maybe we could shoot for like noon. Uh, <laughs> look, out the window, look out the window like I I think that's now oh shoot uh, and he starts rustling around <laughs> fumbling around and he pulls out one potion and clunks it down onto the table and he says this is all I have to pay you with right now it's uh what kind of potions you like 
I've never had a potion before, but I know you need him to be an adventurer. Yes, this is an adventuring potion. Oh, right. And it's just a vial full of just like a greenish brown liquid on water. And there's like a cork stopper in it. And it just looks dubious. <laughs> I'm like eyeing it down big time. Like, wow, And he says, adventuring this, potion. this is yours. It makes you, it automatically jumps you to level 10. Level 10? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> And okay. if you help me today, and by help me, I mean I'm going to have you do a lot of it. I mean, this will be fair. yours. Okay, okay. So, uh, should we go then, right now? Well, I mean, maybe tomorrow. I, I'm kind of tired now. Okay, well, um, I guess I'll stay here at this <coughs> tavern tonight, and then... Get I'll, your strength up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe go do some reconnaissance. Oh, yeah. Some push-ups. Uh, yeah. yeah. Recon- uh-huh. re- reconnaissance. Uh-huh. Um, I've heard that's something you should do before a heist. go to a library and, and look up some of these words yeah. you're using. Uh, maybe uh, maybe you could ask around uh, and ask if people know what reconnaissance is. Uh-huh. And um, I could also, go, also ask them about Mama Peppers. Mm, that, okay. that could be good. Okay. I'll meet you here tomorrow at noon? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Noon works. I was gonna. I was gonna say if we could do like one thirty. Yeah. All right. Sure. Sure. That oh, gives me okay. more time for looking up words. Yeah. <laughs> we do like the predator handshake. <laughs> a predator handshake, <laughs> and then, uh, just like that, he runs out the back door, and <laughs> I just have this big stupid grin on my face for the rest of the day. And he, he's he's left his the potion on the bar. <laughs> I'll probably take it and stash it in my bag for later. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need it. Might get some dysentery or something. <laughs> okay, I love it. Let's jump in now to the Bad Venture Club and chatting about your show, how it started, all of that good stuff. So yeah, let's start there. You talked about it being a joke with your other podcast friends and how it's kind of like different groups of people that didn't really know each other. So yeah, tell us about how it all came together. So it started as a joke on our other podcast, No Bummers, and Jordan, our mutual friend, texted me and he was like, just so you know, <laughs> if you ever like make that real, I would love to be a part of it. Oh, I'm like, man. yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, that seems like a lot of work. And so I kind of like put it out of my mind for a little bit. So then eventually, like the more it kind of sat and like nod at me, and I was like, it would be fun. Jordan's a cool dude. It would be a good time. And so... I reached back out to him and I was like, hey, so if we did, you'd be interested? And he's like, yeah, man, I for sure would be interested. We had Jordan on board. And then John is the one who I had played D&D with before. Okay. He was pretty easy to get on board because he knew what he was doing. And then Skylar and I had worked together a couple of years ago. And I knew he was big into D&D because he also hosts another podcast called Culture Couch. And they had done a couple of episodes where they talked about D&D. Ah, okay. So I knew he was maybe a long shot because he's in two other campaigns, (laughs) which like, bless his heart. I don't know how he makes it work, but he is in three separate campaigns that are all currently running. So I don't think he does much else besides work and play D&D. And then our last friend, Sadie, is just someone we know from where John and I work. And she had never played D&D before. And she just has a great personality. And so it was more of the kind of thing of, hey, we're all kind of going into uncharted territory. Do you want to play with us? (laughs) Have fun. We think you would like 
do well at the game, but also on the podcast, we think you have a good personality and like could bring a different perspective to the game because all three, John, Jordan and Skylar all had like way more experience than Sadie or I had. And so I kind of wanted another fresh person there with me that could like, we could balance out the power a little bit because I think there is something to be said for a long-term player, but there's Mm -hmm. also something to be said for that fresh brand new person who can look at things in a way they've never encountered a room full of goo before. So how are they going to handle it versus Skylar who's in three different campaigns? There's something really fun about our dynamic, I think, because we've become friends, all of us as we've played and like that kind of a thing. We have a fun dynamic and it's a good mix of really experienced medium experience, no experience and kind of all of that convalescing into our finished product. I like it. If you were to go back and change anything from starting this particular show, you had recording experience. You had done a little bit of this content creation stuff before you jumped into an actual play. But yeah, is there anything like kind of jumped out at you that's really different or hard about an actual play versus a normal or not a normal podcast, but another podcast? I think the main difference has been the level of preparation. Mm. So my other podcast is called No Bummers. And that is what we do. We talk about everything. The only rule is that no bummers. My preparation for no bummers is I think of one question and we talk about it for 15 minutes. And then my other two friends each think of a question and we talk about that for 15 minutes. So my preparation is almost zero for that, which I mean, you know, you do this. That sounds nice, right? It does sound nice. It does sound nice. And granted, there still is like the post production stuff of like editing Mm -hmm. socials and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. But that was the thing I think I was the least prepared for coming into Bad Venture Club was I have to prep a D&D campaign, but also take care of all of the editing and the socials and all of that other stuff, too. I should have been maybe more thoughtful. Not thoughtful. It hasn't been bad. I've loved doing it. It's been so much fun and I wouldn't trade it, but I maybe wasn't prepared or underprepared. Yeah, you didn't expect the workload to be what it is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I'd been doing No Bummers. It's for, almost a year now. Yeah, we're, we'll be at a year later this month Mm -hmm. since we started recording that. And so we were at six months or so. And so I had a ton of experience where I was like, podcasting is so easy. I don't know why people like, why doesn't everyone have a podcast? But it was just that our premise is so simple. With Adventure Club, we have a premise that is, I have to write four hours worth of story every couple of weeks. (laughs) Yes. I don't prep as much as an actual play podcast might, but for instance, I listened to your whole show before I had you on, or even before like I came on as your guest, right? And most of my guests, I'll try to listen to a bulk Enough. of, if not all of their show, yeah. just so I have a really good feel for their style and I have good questions to ask. So it could be quite a bit of time. You know, yeah. I feel like I've put in 150 episodes for one of my guests before. Uh, luckily, I had two different people on from that same show, so it was only so it was seventy-five o- hours. Only seventy-five, <laughs> but you know, just I, three days, <laughs> right? But it, luckily, it was a show <laughs> I enjoyed, and I only have people on that I enjoy talking yeah. to. So that's nice, and I think that's what makes good content. I think the reason that your show does as well as it does is because you are prepared, and because of the premise you've built and what you have chosen to like make your show about, 
you have to be like if you didn't know anything about my podcast this would be a much be more difficult conversation for us to have yeah no one would listen to that it'd be boring thank you yeah you decided to do an entire homebrew world for the show as well had you done any thinking about this homebrew world before you decided we're going to do a podcast or was it after the fact all right i'm going to throw this all together and then yeah like What's it like having to create everything from the ground up for the episodes you're recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of shot myself in the foot with that one. That's also maybe something I would change is incorporate like a little bit more of like, we're going to run this module and mm. like we'll tie it into this other module. And which to be fair, the first, our whole first arc is a module that mm. I purchased and like built it into my homebrew world. And that's maybe something I will go back to doing more just because it helps cut down my prep work a lot because I think in my mind homebrew, I'm like that it's so cool. It's a, you know, I'm not going to run the risk of like Skylar having played that module before. I'm not going to have risk of Jordan or John having heard it on a different actual play podcast or seen it on critical role or seen it on whatever. And so that's the draw of homebrew. It helped me be invested which was part of what I like about it is it's a world I created. And then I also texted each of the members of the party beforehand and said, I have created this area of the world that you're from, but I want you to answer these questions about that area. So Cal is our dragonborn paladin played by John. And so I texted John and said, Cal is from this part of the world called Eutatropine and it's desolate. So Tell me about the city where Cal's from. Is he from a city? Where did Cal grow up? How did he grow up? What's the city like? What's the culture? Are there lots of cities or is it one big city? Is it, you know? So I let them kind of build their own corners of the world that we've had a chance to start getting to and exploring a little bit. And that's part of what I think has got their buy-in on the homebrew world is Mm. that they have helped create it. That is a really good idea. And I feel like it's key to making homebrew work and also like, let all the players feel ownership over it. And that actually ties really nicely into the next question, which is how do you work with your players either collectively or individually to help weave in their backstories in the narrative you're telling? Maybe for different campaigns, it looks different, but essentially giving them ownership in the world Mm -hmm. that you're playing in. And even if you're playing in a module, you could say, Hey, you're from this part of Neverwinter. Tell me about the neighborhood where your character grew up what was the neighborhood like how did they grow up are they in an affluent part of the city are they in a poor part of the city like those kind of things can help them flesh out their backstory helped me to understand their character a lot better but then it also gave me information that i can weave into the story so for those of you that are listening or will listen to the bad venture club chris our rogue halfling his dad has been missing for 10 years and so (laughs) that's a piece that i can work with yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know whether or not to know if he's coming up or not. The latest episodes <laughs> that have been released, uh, there's been speculation, but yeah, no one's yeah, for sure. But then, I mean, Alistair, our sorcerer, his parents died in an avalanche and he's been on his own bounty hunting for years. And so that gives me some fun to play with with Taffy Lee Fubbins, right. the character that I introduce. And I say, Alistair, this is your rival bounty hunter that you've known and basically worked against for years. And we can play that dynamic. So I think that's why knowing the character's backstory and weaving it into the story is important. It helps me pull them in more and helps them feel like, okay, my character is part of this story. It's not, I didn't go on the character builder and I'm walking through Skyrim now. 
my character was born on the streets of the capital city and has been busking for money and all that stuff. So I think that's really important to get character or to get your party engaged in the story you're trying to tell. I love it. And uh, like I said, I've noticed little strings here and there of backstories being tied in. And I think you've done a really good job of it so far. Thank you. Hopefully it (laughs) comes together. (laughs) Yeah. I guess you know more than the rest (laughs) of us about how it's coming together anyway. So what is the future of bad venture club? Like, do you have any idea about how far you want to take the story or how far through your planned arc or any plans beyond your first campaign here? As far as how far this arc will go, I have an end in mind. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) who knows if we'll get there. I mean, I think with something like an actual play, there needs to be an end at some point, even if it's just the end of this chapter and you pick it up later on or something like that. I think we will get to an end of this saga of the group that I have now. And I hope that my same group will stay on because I would love to keep doing it. But we've talked about possibly dipping our toe into Monster of the Week or some other system. So Mm -hmm. if you have a favorite system that's not Pathfinder, (laughs) let me know. (laughs) But yeah, so we've talked about that. I mean, and I might not be the DM next time. John might pick it up. I don't think Skylar would, but maybe he would. Jordan's expressed some interest in DMing. I think the group of us will play together in some form. And as far as where we're at in the Bad Venture Club, we just finished recording episode 17. And I'd say we're probably a third of the way done. Oh, okay. Of what I have like envisioned. That's not bad. You've got people out there who prefer the shorter story arcs or who love the long four hour episodes, 200 episodes worth. Yeah. And, uh, but I feel that's like that's not a me. good medium. I mean, a lot of props to Matt Mercer. He's awesome. But a lot of people can do it. No. And I don't want to be that. (laughs) (laughs) I have so much respect for him and he's amazing. Like him, Brendan Lee Mulligan, like all of those guys have so much skill and like passion for what they do. But that's also not my style of like having this massive 400 hour well, I guess by the time we're done, it might be 400 hours. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, you're not a professional voice actor. Your players aren't. Right. Um, this, there's going to be differences. Yeah. So the future of the Bad Venture Club, I think, is we're just going to keep playing and recording and we hope people listen. But even if not, we're having a lot of fun. Perfect. And that's what matters. That is what matters. To wrap things up, Cade, what are some of your words of advice you got for people out there and especially for people who are thinking about dipping their toes into running games or recording themselves running games, especially since you've got that at top of mind? I think number one is just do it, mm-hmm. not to steal Nike's slogan. And maybe that's just like my personality of like when I decide I want to do something, I just do it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of how Bad Venture Club started. That's how our other podcast, No Bummer, started was just a should we do this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And if you have the thought, then at least give it some more thought, I guess, because that's one thing that I feel like I have missed out on is I didn't start playing TTRPGs until I was in my mid twenties. And granted, I have run the gambit of like video games and books and movies and all of that kind of stuff, but it's a whole different level to have that game going. And I get it's, hard i mean i know that there's some places that it's probably hard and some people who their friends aren't interested or their family's not interested or whatever and uh there's resources out there i think 
the internet is like has been a great resource for people like that who have always wanted to dip their toes in you can get online and play a one shot with random people across the country and get your fix there you know or go to your local game shop and i know that a couple of game shops around here close have like intro nights where you can basically just come and test it out any game store that is near you you can check out usually their website will have something but if not you can call them up and ask them they've got some kind of schedule uh friday night is usually magic the gathering but they've got a D night in there somewhere <laughs> it's not as lucrative as magic the gathering no, it's, for the it's for the game shop it's true 100 <laughs> percent. having talked to game store owners that oh is yeah no lie no magic the gathering is like where they make their money but it's where wizards makes their money too yeah it's nuts anyway thank you so much for coming on uh when does the show release where can people find you the show socials you know where can they interact all that good stuff yeah so we are at the bad venture club on most socials i think on twitter or x whatever it's called now it's just at the bad venture cl because they didn't let us have that many letters on spotify apple music we are the bad venture club so you just search that on your podcatcher of choice i think we're on a couple of other podcatchers stitcher's going away apparently yeah so we won't be on stitcher anymore don't look for us there but yeah you can follow us on all of our social stuff we're trying to get better at posting more regularly on socials but we release new episodes every wednesday not every wednesday every other wednesday Hopefully someday we can get to the point where we can release every Wednesday. Sounds like your uh, players need to start pitching in a little more when you were talking about running the whole show. So if you want it to happen more often (laughs) than every other Wednesday, listeners and players on the Bad Venture Club, you know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We have Jordan, who did all of our artwork. He is a player on the Bad Venture Club. He plays Chris, our halfling rogue. He's an amazing artist. So Mm -hmm. go check out some of his stuff at Stool Illustrations. He does commission stuff, so reach out if you're looking for some character design stuff. He's really incredible. And then go check out my other podcast, No Bummers. It's not D&D related at all. I think we <laughs> talked about D&D on one episode, and that birthed the Bad Venture Club. I'm going to have to go find that episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Kate, I appreciate you for coming on. I appreciate you Thanks for, for having the, me. Uh, How Not to Studio Guinea Pig. And... I'm really excited to, number one, hear all those two hot one-shot episodes that are coming out and also hear what's going to happen next in the Bad Venture Club. Yeah. The two hot one-shot will be out when this comes out. So go give it a listen. Derek did a great job DMing. (laughs) Yeah. Recording. It was actually nice to play with an experienced DM. (laughs) No shade to John, who is my only previous experience playing for DM. But when someone has done it for a while, you can tell. I've run games a lot, but I haven't run a lot of games without a map and without being able to move my body around. I'm kind of one of those pacers and I like stand up and stuff. And so having the mic discipline, it probably isn't very good. You're going to hear me doing this a lot. So uh, I'm (laughs) coming in and out. Yeah, it's going to be like that unless you're like super. I don't know. We're good. We're good. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, go check out Bad Venture Club. Go check out the two hot one shot bonus episodes. And yeah, if you are new to How Not to DM because of Bad Venture Club, go check out some of my previous episodes. And also, yeah, if you're listening to this because you like How Not to DM, then go check out Bad Venture Club. Thank you so much for listening to How Not to DM. Now let's do a sneak peek into next week's guest, Andy, the owner of the We Geek Together Tavern and the owner of the Guinness World Record for largest number of players in a single D&D game. 
one that I actually got to play in. Being able to be a hub, be a space that people can meet, people can have fun, people can be safe, is is such a treat. And the, the world record, I guess, was kind of the epitome of that. Getting a thousand people plus, 1,200 plus people to show up and to walk table to table and see all of these people just having a blast, having so much fun like that. You know, I can, I can die happy because it's like, look at all these people who had fun. It took so much work, <laughs> so much work, but boy, was it worth it just because, you know, seeing that was amazing. For more talk about what it's like to own a game store and Andy's philosophies on running games and creating an immersive experience around the table and in his store, tune in next week. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've ever enjoyed any of my episodes, a great way to support Hound on to DM is by leaving me a review either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, you can check out my Linktree, linktree.com slash hn2dm or in the episode notes as always. You can drop me a tip on PayPal or on Ko-fi, or you can buy something through my affiliate links, which will give me a percentage of the sale, thereby helping me keep running the show. I have an affiliate link with 1985 Games. They sell a bunch of cool 2D terrain that you can carry around with you wherever you need to go, along with a bunch of other different kinds of game supplements. You could buy a t-shirt or a mug or a flag at gemmedfirefly.com. You could buy some new dice from Adventure Dice. They're a smaller dice maker based in Canada. Really good friends, and they have some awesome offerings. Coming up soon, they're going to be selling their Advent calendars, which are a big seller. Advent calendars for the holiday seasons for those geeks in your life who would love to open up and get a new dice for every day of the holiday that you plan on celebrating. That'll be 10% off at Adventure Dice. I love Adventure Dice. I've got a few of the sets myself. I get sets for my players every Christmas just because it's a fun thing to give and get as a geek. I also have links for Hero Forge where you can build your own 3D printable characters. You can buy them pre-painted or you can buy them unpainted. You can also buy the STL files and print them yourself. Also, I've got links to DMs Guild and DriveThru if you're planning on buying any new games or modules or anything like that in the coming future. So those are a few ways you can support me. Check those out again in my link tree and you can find that in my episode notes or at linktree.com slash hn, the number two DM. That was a lot, but I appreciate you for listening through it and you all know the drill by now. Until next time, roll some Nat 20s for me.